There were people that were busy, you know, very busy on the on the drug scene and on, and you know, being going round uh, assaulting people and and uh, enforcing things, and that that goes on every day, you know. Let's not kid ourselves. Very deprived and always have been deprived. Never really rose above, you know, being the most deprived wards in the country. When you look at a murder case, it's it's a bigger version of an assault case. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Mm. But the one thing I would say is that Lee Duffy was a criminal. You know, he was a criminal. Mm. And we were dealing with the death of a criminal by another criminal. Mm-hmm. Everywhere where I went, the papers, the radio, T-Sides, it was, it was massive. It was like everybody knew in T-Side. It was a huge, huge thing. Got called to one of the ICI houses in Billingham. Uh, a guy hadn't been seen for a, for a, for a while. An old guy, and uh, went to the front door. Nothing. Looked in. Couldn't really see. And he'd been sitting in front of the oven to keep warm. Mm. So he was he was like toasted. Unfortunately, His bottom half toasted. So I went upstairs. Went and looked looked in the bedrooms. Nothing in the bedrooms. Went to the bathroom. Opened the bathroom and, but what I what I can say is that we trapped some absolutely high level uh, drug dealers in the northeast and in in nationally through the phone tab. There's ways of enforcing the law, but you've got to have the numbers to actually do that. Um, but he said to me, he said, Ray, he said, the job's totally changed. He said, we are absolutely run off our feet. So Ray Morton is a Sunderland fan and Sunderland get about 40,000 spectators. And in the last month on Ray's video, we've had 50 plus thousand spectators, (laughs) many of whom have requested that we get Ray back on. And Jamie has said that there's a whole slew of other cases as well, working in homicide and other stories. And Jamie, how's it going with... Yeah, well, do, do you know what? I mean, I didn't realise Ray Morton was that interesting to be viewed that much. But, um, <laughs> do you know what? We're, we're, doing his, we're doing his book. I'm going to be doing his book. It's the next one for me to proofread. So the book is called... It's called... Um, uh, the, fro- go on. Go on. From the town that was killed to Teesside From the town murders. that was murdered yeah. to Teesside murders. So, you and know... Is that referencing Lee Duffy? It's it's referencing a lot. A lot has went on. Uh, I dare say he got a lot of overtime from working in Middlesbrough. <laughs> uh, you know, Ray. Obviously, I I knew you. I, I think I reached out to you about three or four years ago now. Yeah. Um, I, I got in touch with you from looking at the old archives, and when I got in touch with you, I thought he was going to say something off to me, but he was very nice, very. And uh, as I got talked to him, I, I said, "You know, have you ever thought about doing your own book?" Because obviously. The the book with the forthcoming, which what Ray's done, and myself, um, Lee Duffy is only one chapter. I think the book's something like 20, 24, 25 chapters. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot going on in Middlesbrough that you know you didn't really, um, you didn't cover in the first no. podcast. Uh, touch on Lee Duffy briefly. It really did rock the foundations of Teesside. I mean, I was eleven. <clears throat> I was eleven, and. Um, Obviously, I knew, I knew everywhere where I went, the papers, the radio, T-Sides, it was, it was massive. It was like everybody knew in T-Sides. It was a huge, huge thing. Uh, the case came out exactly 18 months after you were, yeah. you were in charge of the, you know, it was a very, it was a very controversial ending, I think, mm. um, but he was such a big figure, you know, even now, 31 years on, everyone knows that name. Yeah, he's yeah. been dead now longer than he's been alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so many people over the years, Ray, have come to you and said, oh, you're the copper who put the, the Duffy case together. And um, Well, I, I think the one thing I would say is that I was, I was led by Brian, the DCI, which yeah. was Brian Leonard, 
who did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, I, I was there to to help to assist Brian. Uh, and the case papers, you know, I mean, when you look at a murder case, it's it's a bigger version of an assault case. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Mm. So, but it wasn't simple. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of things going on. There's a lot of people involved. There were so many different theories as well. There was. And and I mean, at the end of the day, and, I, and I look, I've looked at some of the uh, comments from yeah. the last podcast. Yeah. Which were mostly about which, Lee Duffy. Which were mostly about Lee Duffy. <laughs> Um, but the one thing I would say is that Lee Duffy was a criminal. You know, he was a criminal. Mm. And we were dealing with the death of a criminal by another criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to, to, to sort of put it into context, um, it was a case that has lasted a long time because of his background. Mm. So what was the most outrageous theory? Um, what, in terms of... His murder. His murder. Um, he, he was carrying a gun. That, that he had a gun, which... Mm. Forensic. I think checking. I think uh, I think that was one of the biggest yeah. sort of uh, red herons that came and that came in the in the actual court mm. case. The defence barrister, you know, uh, mm. major in that, if you like. Mm. Um, but there was ne- there was never ever we. I think in the if I, if I when I thought back, there was a there was I think an instance earlier where it was alleged he had a gun, mm. but was never proved. Yeah, so, because but he, he didn't need a gun for forensics. So they're done. They checked his body, and they said that in the forty hours of his, you know, the last forty of his life, it was scientifically proven he'd never ha- had come into contact with any kinds of firearms. I'm not even sure how they do that, but that was the official. Um, they do that by tracing, uh, you know, the powder. In, yeah. In so, pop- so that that was that was like that. that was what come out in. Um, mm. You know, I've sat in the archives and I've read everything and, you know, the 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 theory that he had a gun, I'm not going to go into it, but I know there were certain stories put out there that basically put certain parties, you know, it was, it was, it done them a favour by basically Duffy mm. had a gun. But as you said, he was a yeah. investigating I'm curious, officer. I'm curious, Ray. Would he have had to have shot the gun for the powder to be in his clothing? Or if you just put, grab any old gun and put it in your clothing, uh, would it be? I would say that, that you'd have, there'd have to be some sort of discharge, but I'm not 100%, although I was in charge of crime scene investigations, so I should know. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a bit of CSI. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I was in the last five years, I was in charge of crime scene investigation. But... Um, the answer is, I would, I would expect some traces to be at least on his clothing, and and that the all his clothing was recovered at the scene. Um, even if it hadn't been discharged, even if it hasn't been discharged, I think it, it's a possibility. Mm. Um, but I'm not 100 percent on it. Mm. So, um, you know, it was a it was a huge case, and as I said on the documentary, it really rocked Tisa to its core. Whether whether you were an 11 year old kid like me, I didn't, I'd never met Lee Duffy. But I'd heard of him when I was eight. I believe in Santa Claus till I was nine. That's how I put it in the book because it's true. But um, I'd never, I never knew of him, never seen of him. But I'd always heard of this bad guy. I knew the stories in the Gazette because you know the shootings, the petrol. Uh, you know, everyone had heard of him. Even even Joe Public, law-abiding citizens. Mm. You know, everybody knew that name. And when when the investigation came out, which of course Ray was in, it was like whoa. It was like a film star died. And, and the other thing worth saying is that all of the police knew Lee Duffy. Mm. I don't, you know, I, all the people I knew, even if they didn't work in Middlesbrough, mm. knew of Lee Duffy. Well, let, me, let me tell you this, Ray. You were, you were one of four officers uh, from Cleveland. I'm not going to mention them, but they give me a lot of insight. And they were quite happy. Some of them were quite happy because, you know, to, to quote Brian Leonard, what he said in the paper, and I'll quote him. He said, there won't be another bloke like Lee Duffy. He was a one-off. And then he said, after the trial, he said, I'm glad we've concluded it. He said, Middlesbrough will never see the likes of Duffy again for a long, long time. Mm. And and they really haven't. And that's over 30 years now. Yeah, yeah. And no one's come along. I mean, there's people who've, like, you know, been associated like Lee was. Because the thing to say was, it wasn't just Teesside. You know, he he had had associates on on, uh, Wearside and Tyneside, which is a, you know, th- that's the northeast area, mm. really. So he um, he certainly had a lot of of, of really high level uh, criminals. Mm. In his, uh, in what his... you've got to remember as well, Ray, 
you know, did you ever sit and speak to you? Think, hang on a minute. This is a 26 year old kid who's doing all this here. Mm. Hang on, you know, because you, you, yeah, I you think you were around 40 by then. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Hang on a minute. This, this is, we're chasing you a, a kid here. How young he was, yeah, yeah, correct, yeah. Mm. Is, it, is it the case, Ray, when young people like that rise up the ranks of violence, mm. that organised crime try to employ them in some capacity? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I think as time's gone on, you know, and I was working in, in uh, organised crime, uh, both at the national level and. Mm the regional level, um, you know, he would have been gainfully employed uh, had he st- had he managed to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that we've talked about is that he, he had a very short lifespan, yeah. let's be right. You know, you can't do that sort of thing mm-hmm. and, and hope to live. Were, were you aware of any overtures from organised crime? Um, well, he, he was associated with some of the Tyneside uh, criminals. Yeah, uh, very which, close. Which have, you know, have, it's come out over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the high-level criminals uh, that that we all know. Um, so he, he he had he had the right address book, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate what happened. And the other thing that I that I did say in the last interview was, um, we we had in in those days the family liaison was in its in its infancy, and we you know people don't realise the impact. On the family, you know, the, we do nowadays because of the media. But in those days, 30-odd years ago, you know, we had a family liaison officer, officers uh, looking after the Duffy family. And, you know, they got a lot of trouble, you know, because yeah. even though he was dead. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's worth saying. What kind of trouble? Well, threats and things like that, you know. And well, his uh, grave was smashed up several times. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Were people showing up at their house? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I lost track a little bit after the after the you know while we went, I went on to other things, mm. but you know, I mean, Sheila and and uh, and his and his uh, common law wife, if you like, Lisa, um, you know, they they got a lot of trouble mm. even though he was dead. Yeah, yeah, you know, there were certain people in the picture I won't name, but when when he'd gone, because they couldn't do anything to Duffy, they were now facing carrying the can. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, certain people, close friends. Did he um, have brothers and sisters, Jamie? Yeah, he had. He had several, um, several, um, five sisters, one brother. Oh yeah. What? What? How did his brother end up? Uh, I'd probably rather not comment on that because it's okay. is a lot of um, a lot of backlash. But uh, mm. he's sadly now no longer here recently. Oh dear. So uh, recently. Yeah. Well, about two years. You know. Oh, my so, goodness. but. Um, do you know what? He was a one-off, regardless of whether yeah. you liked him, whether you wanted to put him in jail, yeah. whether you looked up to him, whether you despite he, he he is someone that will only come around once in a lifetime. Absolutely, yeah, 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 absolutely. Was there uh, anyone? Was there anyone who came close to him in, the, in um, this part of the country? Uh, in terms of what he did, uh, on a smaller uh, scale, there was, wasn't there? There was, yeah, there was some, but I mean the. The impact of him yeah. uh, was was the difference. There were people that were busy, you know, very busy on the on the drug scene and on, and you know, being going around uh, assaulting people and and uh, enforcing things, and that that goes on every day, mm. you know. Let's not kid ourselves. That goes on every day. But in terms of of his connections, you know, and I've lost touch obviously with being retired for mm. over ten years, um, but. You know, when I when I talk to my friends who are still in that game, um, there's not people of that magnitude uh, around. So, what do you believe builds a character like that? Well, his his physique and his six eight six four his his um, way that he operated was very different to to the other people. You know, he was very forceful. He, yeah. you know, he didn't think he, nobody he feared nobody. So the other people would send people. Duffy did it by himself, and yeah, that was the scariest yeah. fact. Yeah, he would turn yeah. up on his own, pair of shorts, yeah. t-shirt, yeah, and he'd just walk into a pub and go, "You come here." And it might have been the second, third hardest person in Middlesbrough, but that person, no matter what, had to get up in the pub and walk out to him. Don't forget that this guy, as 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 was being said, we we only saw a very small part of what he did. The police, I'm sure of that. Yeah, we only saw a very small part of his enforcement activity. And he would have other people, you know, uh, that would go around and do similar stuff. 
So he was he was a sort of one man yeah. show, if you like. Um, but there was other competitors. Don't get me wrong. You know that's why you know he got shot and that's why he got burnt and that's why shot twice. Shot twice. And you know people coming from Northumberland to shoot him. Yeah. People They're coming from from Birmingham to shoot him. So you know we're not talking about somebody who isn't causing trouble. He is causing trouble. But a lot of it, I think, the police we didn't get to know. So you said his physique. There's a lot of big guys out there. What was unique about his physique? He um, he, he seemed to, well. Bear in mind, I saw him a lot of a few times, and unfortunately, saw him when he was dead. Um, he was just a big guy. I mean, if he'd have been if he'd have been handled properly, he could have been a it could have been a good boxer. Mm. I don't know what level, but. Yeah. He could have been a good boxer, and you just look at him and you think, you know, he's he can handle himself. So it's his presence um, has has definitely definitely made a difference. He had an aura. People told me, you know, he'd walk into a nightclub, and you know, a lot of people think it's the muscular guys, the weightlifters. But Duffy's Duffy's kind of thing, what he was blessed with, he was kind of like he went up like a wedge. So he was like Thomas Ernst, Gerald McClellan, Deontay Wilder, these people who, you know, monstrous, could knock people at next week. Duffy had a thin waist and he went up like a cobra. Massive legs, massive, you know, massive oh, yeah. forearms, massive neck. You, you don't see people like that a lot, you know. The, these are the people who are like weightlifters, yeah. but, but they're, they're toned, you know, they're not just muscle. Um, but, it, you know, again, you come back to it and you think, well, how unfortunate mm. is that, Yeah, you know. So when you guys were interacting with him then, did you have to have special procedures if you're going to his house or trying to apprehend uh, him? Just normal. He wouldn't go by yourself and, and that sort mm. of thing. But, I mean, he was very but to be honest, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't like getting involved with the police. You said he was polite, didn't you? He was polite. Yeah, he was. He, was, he, didn't want to, he wouldn't tell you anything, but um, you know, he, wasn't, he wasn't like some people are. that They, you know, they antagonise the police mm. um, and they're... they're you know, they're, they have a sort of an off-hand attitude all the time, or aggressive attitude all the time. Mm. He didn't, he didn't, and that's his. That was his choice. Um, so Middlesbrough is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you know what? In 2019, I think it was, or maybe 2018. I can't remember. But Middlesbrough was the capital of murder, knife crime. There was right. f- 15 people. I googled, researched. Yeah, they got given life. So why 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 was Middlesbrough such a brutal little town? Is it the Palmos? Is it the smog? I mean, what is it with the, the little place? It's such it's yeah. a, got a population of so Middlesbrough's got one hundred and forty nine thousand across the side is three hundred and seventy six thousand. Yeah. So that's your Great Eight and your Stokesleys. Um, so this place, which is you know Delroy Showers said to me he said Middlesbrough reminds me of a miniature Liverpool. What mm. what is it with the town? You've seen it because you worked it every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I go back from, to when I, I was talking about this mm. before the interview. I go back to when I joined. Mm. And um, when you look at... And I'd come from Tyneside, taught for five years, and, you know, I was I was a good guy. Um, and then you look at Middlesbrough and you look at Stockton and parts of Stockton... Mm. Very deprived and always have been deprived. Never really rose above, you know, being the most deprived wards in the country. And they're deprived for a lot of reasons. And I think what I would say in the 80s and 90s is that a lot of unemployment, a lot of unemployment. Bear in mind the shipyards uh, were a massive employer on on Teesside uh, in the in the 70s and 80s. ICI was a massive employer, a chemical industry that was starting to go. So there was a mixture of unemployment. Uh, there was a mixture also, I think, of... And I, I, um, I in, in, a, in a, a sergeant's interview, I made the mistake of saying um, that there was, a cult, there was cultural differences. Mm-hmm. Now, there still are cultural differences, but the cultural differences cause issues uh, for the police. Um, so I think the answer would be unemployment, a mix that is you wouldn't find in other other local um, cities and, and towns. And also, over time, um, I believe that the senior management in Cleveland Police have been at fault. 
I, I really do believe that. We were talking about this mm. before the interview. You look at Cleveland It's um, over time. When I first joined, it was the same Chief Constable, Christopher Payne, and the same Deputy, Jack Ord, for, I think, and I think it's in the book, I think they were there for at least 10 to 12 years of my service. Mm. So from 1980 till probably the, the early 90s. Now, that, that gave the stability to the lo- to the police. The senior commanders knew what the chief wanted. It's all about, about um, management, all about management. So I think part of it has been some mismanagement over the last, mm. let's, 15. And, and, and obviously, I knew, I knew, in my time, in the 30 years I worked, I think there was six chief constables. So there was there was one for twelve years, and then the last eighteen years. Bear in mind, I went to Northumbria for four years, and I found that part of your answer to your question is, I found Northumbria a really good force because of the big. They have a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, management that knew, know what they're doing. Uh, a lot of a lot of money. Mm. Um, Cleveland, unfortunately, you know, has been left out of a lot of things mm-hmm. over time. I also worked for a couple of years in Durham, which has, has the same amount of officers and a third less crime. So it tells you that Cleveland are run off the feet. I was just, and I'm, again, I mentioned yesterday, I was just talking to an officer yesterday who was a serving officer in Stockton. And uh, I actually helped him to get in the job 10 years ago, 11 years ago, and I forgot. Um, but he said to me, he said, Ray, he said, the job's totally changed. He said, we are absolutely run off our feet. Not enough. And when he told me, I was going to guess how many officers they've got in a place like Stockton, which is, what, mm. 80,000, 90,000? Uh, Stockton. Well, Stockton Tees are the town. Stockton, Stockton uh, Police District. Oh, it's uh, so, it's smaller than Hartlepool. Hartlepool is 92,500. Right. Well, they, they certainly haven't got enough officers. When, yeah. I, when I joined Billingham, which is a, which is a, which is a town of... 35,000, mm. there was 12 officers on each shift, so that's 48 officers, three sergeants and, and four inspectors. So is this now, a result of lack he of said to me, there's, He said to me, and he was laughing, he said, Ray, Billingham now hasn't even got any hot water in, 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 the, in the police station. There's nobody in the police station apart from about four officers. Mm. So that tells you the changes with in what you're saying there the difference someone quite close to me said this week he said Jamie Middlesbrough got worse after Lee Duffy oh, yeah. he said 92, 93 up to 95 95 that was the peak of the mm. violence and the drugs uh, and of course Middlesbrough's had his problems with really like and I mean really bad prostitution yeah. people come up from Newcastle Birmingham you know it's literally like four, these girls are doing it they're all crack cocaine addicts four pound a time it's like literally you know it's really unbearable Mm -hmm. and the drugs is rife yeah you know Middlesbrough is for some reason it's I think it's always been this kind of like naughty little place hasn't it in anyone's generation well port as well of course the town you've got got the town is just over 200 years old yeah uh you know and you know the 80s was you know from the feedback I've done over the over the years it's just been violence was a social tool and it was it was this, it was as normal as kind of talking to people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Bouncers carried koshers and all this. You know, today it's all CSI. Yeah. So, yeah. in your opinion, what could they do to clean it up? Um, well, you could have more police there. And, and the the thing the thing that I and again I said this to the officer yesterday when I was talking to him. You know, the police are there as a law enforcement agency for me. They're there. We there's ways of enforcing the law. But you've got to have the numbers to actually do that. How many times uh, we we know that the police have changed the way they operate? One chief constable did away with local policing, did away with local policing, and put put a lot of people on response. So you're just responding to incidents. Now, if you go back to the 1800s when the police started, the officer who started it said, in any in any given district. You will know because of the people, because of the amount of crime, and who, you need to know who's doing it. Well, you're not going to find out who's doing it if you haven't got officers on the ground. So the, one of the ways is 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 and has happened. It's gone. They've gone back to 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 local policing, to officers on the beat. 
you know, and there's not, I, I can't remember seeing an officer on the beat where I live. Hmm. So, remember. another controversial murder in Middlesbrough, and I mean, yeah. this caused rucks, ruck, what's the word, ruptions or ructions or whatever. 2000, and this, this was the start of, you know what about? The League King? Yeah, and, and yeah. then, you know, it led to Cleveland Police being on trial and, were you part of that? No, I wasn't. No, two thousand. So Lee King, I was he, in he, he was he was the guy who, um, you know, I'm not going to say alleged because he was convicted of some sort. So he passed the knife, yeah. the knife which which killed Lee Duffy, and uh, so he was shot, aged thirty three, on January the twenty eighth, two thousand. Uh, I was I was nineteen. I was at work, and I remember remember the news going round. Mm. And um, there was a lot of skullduggery in that case. There was, yeah, yeah. you know, Keith McQuaid was a, a notorious gunman, fin- finished doing life, died in prison about 2009. Uh, so this murder eventually ended up with Cleveland police being on trial, costing millions, mm. and then no one was convicted? No. Well, I was in I was in Northumbria then as as inspector, mm. uh, so I wasn't I directly involved. But obviously, I knew Lee King mm. from the from the, the from the Lee case. Duffy job. And uh, yeah, if, when I when I look back, you, there was a lot of controversy over uh, how it was conducted, how the inquiry was conducted. Uh, obviously, I didn't have first hand knowledge of that. But I mean, Lee King, you know, another unfortunate mm. um, who he went. He was the only one convicted. In that trial, because he pleaded guilty to giving giving Lee Duffy the knife, yeah. and I can't remember. I mean, what he got do you know one of the spooky things is obviously, I'm not going to say alleged. It's you know, listen, Duffy was stabbed in the back, um, and without Lee King doing that, you'd probably give a good case of Lee Duffy not dying that night. Oh, he's in the in the yeah, No, but yeah. he stabbed him in the back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, Lee King was found dead in a house on Penstone Road, Park End. Um, so he was shot in the back, and then obviously he was shot in the head. So he also, it's almost like, I know I've read Steve Richards' books, and they say it's almost like Lee Duffy coming from the grave and kind of getting him. So it's a bit spooky. when If I sat and thought about all yeah. the people involved with that and yeah. uh, who've had who've had kind of cameras come on him. But were you aware of the, the shooting outside the, the Jovial Monk in 1999? No, I was in Northumbria there as well. Right, you know, there's just so many different things in Middlesbrough that you know, you, you it's normal. It's normal in Middlesbrough. And you're like, hang on, someone's just been shot. Someone's just been stabbed to dead, stabbed to death, almost. And why is it normal in Middlesbrough when it's not fifty miles yeah, outside? Yeah, you certainly, you know, I mean, the four years I was in Northumbria, ninety-eight to two thousand and two, and then I came mm. back to Cleveland. Um, you know, we, we never certainly in Northumbria. You know, in my time there. There were murders, but we just seem to, there just seems to be a prevalence in that period, late nineties, early two thousands of, of murders, you know, and and serious, you know, I mean, and, and every murder is serious, but um, involving local characters, you know, local people. Um, what what characters are involved in King's murder then? Um, Keith McQuaid. It was alleged, and uh, I've got to say alleged, but. What was the motive? Um, an ex-girlfriend. But basically, when he was found not guilty at court in 2001, the police have said, we've done our job and the jury couldn't decide. We, will know, we won't be looking for anyone else. So, so could, could you expand on that ex-girlfriend thing? What do you mean? Um, so basically, Lee King, I won't mention the girl's name, It was she was seeing this girl and then Keith McQuaid was apparently seeing her and then Lee King has said, oh, she's a slag, so-and-so, so-and-so. And that was his last words. And uh, he said, don't turn his back on me. And he went, you wouldn't dare. And then he shot him on the back and then walked over to him. He was laid there, wasn't quite dead. And obviously the last one killed him. And that was big, big news in Middlesbrough, which obviously led on to like, cases being opened left, right and centre. Did you say he beat the case? <sighs> Lee King got a not guilty and then he stood up in court I was. I, I know people who were there, and um, he stood up in court when he. You said, mean the other guy got not guilty? Um, Keith McQuaid got not guilty, and he stood up in court and he said the words, "Yes, I'll f and see you all later." And then he walked because he was also doing life anyway, because um, he he'd done some arm robbies and he, he was doing life with a recommendation of six years. And but, who was he going to see later? Well, 
that was what he said. <laughs> but uh, you know, he was fully. I mean, listen, it's pan, it's kind of common knowledge in Middlesbrough. Yeah. To know who, to, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say nothing, but you know, it, it speaks volumes when Cleveland Police said, you know, listen, we've done our job. The jury couldn't decide. We respect that, and we won't be looking for anyone else. If you so Google what was that, he doing life already. Yeah, this guy was like highly dangerous. He was like a an armed robber. He was like a he was like um a major major dangerous fella. Do you know he'd you know he'd, he'd allegedly killed someone else in Park End, um same place. Peter, what was he called? Kevin Rico Richardson. Um and on a technicality, do you remember that? I do. There's other park end, the shooting at park end. Yeah, yeah I do. it was just yeah. around the corner. Yeah. So yeah, basically, the, some other lads. Uh, dealt he, with that. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't stand trial. So, um, and then he killed another one. So you've only got to kill three people, and then you're classed as a serial killer. So this guy was a really, really dangerous man. This podcast is sponsored by Harry's. Harry's is way more than a super sharp razor company. They're here to revamp your whole routine from close shaves and flake-free hair all the way to clear, healthy skin. Harry's helps guys feel great. For this sponsorship, Harry's is offering a free travel-sized shower gel with a trial set to you, the viewers, to give you a chance to try their other products as well as shave. Please make sure to support this podcast and give your own Shower shave a go by redeeming a free Harry's trial set. All you cover is £3.95 for delivery. Just head to harrys.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N, to have your set delivered and start a shave plan. Your freebie will be added at checkout. That's harrys.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Thank you for supporting Harry's. Link is in the description box below this video. But um, you know what? It's March 25th today. We've just heard the news, the shocking news in Australia. <clears throat> Sorry, America, that there's been someone, a gunman, 18-year-old, went into a classroom, killed two teachers, 12 children. Jesus so Christ. the reason I bring 19. that up, Ray, in 1992, the world was on Middlesbrough. Do you remember? The, so was that your case as well? When someone walked into a school, Hall Garth, Nicky Conroy. Nicky Conroy, no. no. Stabbed her. <laughs> and I mean, the world, it was like 30 years ago, just gone. Um, some guy, some crazed loner, yeah. walked in, stabbed three, three kids. Yeah. And stabbed another one. Killed Nicky Conroy, God rest her. And um, I mean, obviously the teachers overpowered him. But that was national news wasn't it yeah it was yeah that that was and part of the the you, you could never say a good thing come yeah. out of it but part of the thing that came out of that was about knives in schools and uh the you know taking mm. security um, measures for schools was he mentally ill that one uh he, he was given I, life I he was, was called Stephen life. richard yeah. um Stephen wilkinson yeah and he was just put in st luke's which yeah, is i a, think he was he's mentally insane i think uh yeah. i've never heard yeah. any news that he's out no, this this was 30 years ago no. yeah i mean that must be one of the most heinous crimes oh, yeah, yeah. And his you mom, think? her her mum did a real good job in terms of uh heightening about the awareness of yeah. knife crime uh you know because if you go to school now you've got to buzzer yeah, do you know? But before you, that you time, you could literally yeah. just walk in and say, um, yeah. "Joe, yeah. Joe's my yeah. son in that classroom." Anyone yeah, could so walk in. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of it was like a national campaign. Yeah, she, you know, yeah. it kind of there was locks on the door, and you know they were like, "Who is it?" Camera, you know. Yeah. So and that all changed, but um, it, did, yeah. it, it took a poor girl to be murdered. It did. Yeah. Did yeah. you investigate homicides of children, Ray? Um, I, I, the only ones, the, no, I didn't. The only ones I, I, I really did. Was uh, was was on in in the uh, child protection arena, and there's some of them to be honest that we I wouldn't want to talk about because they were. I mean, I'll well tell there. you from my research of the week. So this isn't an opinion; it's a fact. Middlesbrough, and you'll know this. Teesside is on a high scale for sex offences. Mm. It is, yeah. Well, one of the things that I think it would I have mentioned in the book is. Um, from the uh, from the the uh, mid eighties, and that was um, doctors. Uh, Myretta Higgs was uh, diagnosing children, uh, not not murders, but but diagnosing children 
uh, with um, with injuries um, and people were getting arrested and kids taken off them. And that 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 was a national inquiry, um, the Cleveland Child Abuse Inquiry. Mm. Um, it showed eventually, I think, it went to the House of Commons and mm. changed legislation, etc. Um, but that that was basically a, a couple of doctors, one of them, this Myretta Higgs. Uh, and that changed the way the child protection uh, is 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 had been done in in this country. So that was a national. That was I wasn't involved in it, but that mm. was part of like what was going on. Because the Newcastle fans and the Sunderland fans think to Middlesbrough, never trust a smoggy with your kids, and yeah. that's the reason why. But I yeah. looked up the other week, and I, and, I, and that's still going on. There's a there's a massive percentage which is mm. bigger than any other area than the T side on Middlesbrough. Yeah, mm. yeah, I, I, yeah. They all stand. Corrected there, yeah. Mm. Mm. Question, Sean? Yeah, so looking back, Ray, then, what was the most challenging homicide investigations that you did? Was there any that slipped through the net? What, um, they got off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think the the one that sort of, and I mentioned this last time, um, was the one in, in uh, the late 80s um, involving a 92-year-old woman, um, Kate Simpson, which was in was in uh, Stockton, and uh, this was one that. And again, I mentioned about why when I was driving with two children in the back who had arrested for burglary in in a particular area of Stockton, and one of them uh, mentioned that um, well, we, well, I didn't roll her up in the carpet, and this ninety-two-year-old woman had been rolled up in a carpet uh, and and murdered. Uh, they them those we eventually arrested three of them, um, and uh, they all eventually got off um, because the judge said that they didn't think they had mental capacity, and then it was reinvestigated about four year ago, five year ago, and they didn't find anybody else. So that was like a, a real tragic case that in the in the eighties. How um, common are professional hits? How uh, professional hits? Yeah. Um, it, in my experience, I, I, I haven't actually dealt with a professional hit. Mm. Um, like a Jill Dando one, kind but, of. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, and 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 I, do, I obviously they they, they they go on. Um, but I would say that uh, that in my experience, anyway, um, I can't remember one in the in the Cleveland area um, that that's that hasn't been detected. Um, so I think I think the, 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 the I'll tell you what there has been there's been a lot of prostitutes going missing the, 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 well I was going to you going to cover any of yeah, them cases I, yeah the, we've only ju- not we the police only just recently charged somebody yeah. with a murder from 2002, uh, 2002 yeah it was a young girl I, Kelly, I, I, Kelly I was on that uh, yeah mm. uh, the, they've only just charged somebody uh, within within the last couple of it years was, it was last year last year yeah. Um, and that was in, that was that was focusing on prostitutes, and I think there's three. There was a Donna Keo, She's still missing. Yeah, is it because they're easy targets? Um, yes. Well, yeah. Middle, middle, yeah. there's so many of them. There's a lot. The vulnerable I mean, over, in a particular area, Middlesbrough, it's called over the border. Yeah. Um, you know, there was. This has been going on since you know forever, forever since the sailors. Since were there, the sailors, yes, the sailors came came and came mm. in. Uh, there's a there's a club down there called the Bongo, the Bongo International. Yeah, that's uh, why we filmed you the week. Run, run by you know the uh, Abdullah. Yeah, well, he died yeah, no, the other yeah. year, but he was 104. Yeah, but he was working on that door till about 97. Yeah, there you go. And but that was a collect. That was where they they collected the 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 sea, the, mm. the semen off the boards. <sighs> and that particular area, all of that area, the police station is actually the new police station yeah. is actually right in the middle of that area. Now they built it right in the right where the. The prostitutes are. Yeah, um, I mean, there's another prostitute who got found in Danby. Yeah, she was. She was. Yeah, there was, so that must there was have been three of them all together, wasn't it? Yeah, um, two were detected. Blonde girl. I mean, but Do, there's Donna Keogh, um Kelly, Summer, and there yeah. was. I'm sure there was another two. Were they drug related? Yeah, they're all. Yeah, on drugs. they were all on drugs. A lot of them on drugs. Every single one. I've never seen one who's. Yeah. Not dependent on heroin or crack cocaine because it's so such, a, that, such a bad thing in Middlesbrough. That period, uh, sort of early two thousands, mm. um, there was three of them all together yeah. that that were, uh, and they they were they were big operations, yeah. you know, trying to find them. But I was only on two thousand and two one, um, as I went off to Durham, 
Um, but only, fortunately, recently, the two of them have been detected. Brings to mind the Ripper. What about serial killers act that have been active well, been up here over recently. the years? Well, recently in Hartlepool. Arthur Hutchinson. Yeah, he killed, well, last couple of years, but he's because yeah, I've discovered I'm, I've got a new book called Hartlepool Over Town. Uh, so there's a guy called Arthur Hutchinson, and he yeah. killed three people. Were you on that? No, I wasn't on it, but it happened up the road from where I was. Uh, it ha- they caught him mm. just north of Billingham. And the people um, who know him said they could not, do you know, they were swearing, they were like, F off. They were like, seriously? He's a nice bloke. Yeah, they said, no, no. I said, he's never done anything. He's, they couldn't believe but it. Who was he killing and how was he doing it? Killed three girls. Killed but he was raping did. them as well. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't around here, was it? It was, was it Bill and Hartlepool where it was? He got caught, um, it was in, na- in national press. Yeah. And he got caught in fields just north of Billingham by dog section. Yeah. Um, followed him and, and caught him. But I'm nearly sure that the, the murders were were elsewhere. Did he have a victim out there? Is that how they caught him? Yeah, was he returning yeah. to the scene of the crime? I, 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 think he, I think he was originally, he was from Hartlepool. Yeah. And he was on his way back from wherever. wherever I, can't, I can't remember the actual details of the murder, but he, he, he's, he's either died or he's still inside. But was there any point in Middlesbrough when you were working on Teesside, wherever, where your job brought you to tears and you went home and you said to your missus, oh my God, um, you know, and it shook you up for days? Uh, one, thing, one thing I think I've learned from 30 years in the police is don't take your troubles home. Mm. Right? Because at first you did. But what I would say is, and this is, this is fact, for the first time in, I lost my daughter three mm. years ago. Mm-hmm. For the first time in my life, I got uh, counselling. Now, how many times should I should we have had counselling mm. after all the, the murders? You've seen your bodies. So, so me, the answer to your question, Jamie, is no. Mm. I was shook up sometimes, and I I felt as though um, you know I, I needed an outlet. I mean, one of my outlets is football. There's no doubt about that. Football and music. Um, so I'd go to football and it would take my mind off things mm-hmm. um, and played football, coach it, etc. But in terms of the police and the aftermath of 30 years of it, I would say it only recently have the police, I don't know, last maybe 20 years, um, have they realised that you need counselling? You need those things that you've got that I've got in my head. Um, uh, you know, you need to talk about them. And do they supply it? Pardon? Do they supply it these days? They do. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask yeah. you? So, yeah. how, how much of your job did it entail? Knocking on people's doors and saying, "Can I come in? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, oh, love. Yeah, you've yeah. lost your husband. Yeah, you've lost yeah. your kid. Did you do that a lot? Because how does anyone? Too how, much. How too does much, anyone? Yeah. yeah. Practice that. Yeah. You become hardened. You, there's no doubt about it. You become hardened. Uh, fortunately, I never had to tell anybody that I knew Yeah, the, uh, there was that news. But even in your early days, and I, you know, I, was, a, I was a PE teacher turned police officer, um, in those early days, I, I, seemed to, I seemed to get a lot of the messages to do. I also seem to get a lot of the dead bodies as well, but mm. that was that was good experience for me, you know, mm. as, as a as a twenty. Well, it's good for our book. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. But, Brownie points. But but um, the, the you you become hardened. You 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 laugh things. You laugh things off. Not laugh things off, but you you brush things off. And my wife would tell you that um, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about things. So are you really? able to tell us one of your favourite stories from the book? My favourite story? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I think I think my favourite story um, is uh, about the donkey. Mm. So, in uniform, new, newly in uniform in Billingham. So I would be 20, 27. Um, and uh, I got called to a, a, a mentioned earlier about ICI built a lot of built built a lot of houses in Billingham, 
I got called to a house, one of the ICI houses in Billingham. Uh, a guy hadn't been seen for a, for a, for a while, an old guy, and uh, went to the front door and nothing. Looked in, couldn't really see, and the windows were weren't very uh, clean. Went round the back, and uh, the door was just slightly ajar. And uh, went in, and uh, there was a guy, clearly uh, dead, mm. uh, with his pants down, um, and uh, he'd been sitting in front of the oven to keep warm. Mm. So he was he was like toasted, unfortunately, his bottom half toasted. Um, I was like, oh God, what are we gonna do here? And um, by myself, nobody else. Um, so went into the house, passed him, and uh, it was just like empty Newcastle brown ale bottles, and there was like a path in between the brown ale bottles to get upstairs. Mm. Um, and I could hear shuffling upstairs, and um, I thought there might be maybe somebody up there, you know, in bed or something. So I went upstairs, went and looked looked in the bedrooms, nothing in the bedrooms. Went to the bathroom, opened the bathroom, and. Oh, there was a donkey. What? A donkey tied to the bath. A donkey. And there was S-H-I-T all mm, over. Mm. So I had a bloke downstairs with his pants down, dead, and I have a donkey upstairs. You can't write that. What a way to go. And, <laughs> but there was no problem dealing with the, with the guy downstairs. No problem. I just called the police surgeon. Yeah. The police surgeon must have been in the house about 30 seconds. Yes, he's dead. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Marsh. And uh, I said, Doctor, there's, uh, there's, uh, I'm going to have to stay, get the undertakers, because they certify death and etc. And, and uh, my acting sergeant come, John Webb, bless his, he's dead now. Um, and I said, John, there's a bit of a problem upstairs. He said, all right, what, what is it? Well, go and have a look, Sarge. Go and have a look. So he went, oh, my... And he went upstairs and, oh, my God. So we had to get the RSPCA out. And what I learned from that was two things. One is donkeys can't come downstairs. Mm. Okay. They're not... The bodies, are, the, the back legs won't go downstairs. They had a tremendous job to get the donkey down the stairs. They got it down eventually. But the other thing that I learned from that job was the acting sergeant says, Ray, have you had a look in his clothing? And I said, uh, well, no, his trousers are down like. And well, no, he said, you need to have a look in his trousers. So he took his trousers off and there was a roll of money about, I think there's about £2,000 in his pocket that um, he'd been obviously been keeping a nest egg mm. in his pocket. So I learned... Donkeys can't go downstairs. Always search dead people. Mm. <laughs> Always search them. Can I? The, the last thing is, when I found out he was dead, the next door neighbour said, oh, well, he's, he's, uh, his relations live at the other side of Billingham, but I've got an address for them. So I went round there and, uh, and I said, oh, and there's some money. Oh, I'll have the money. I'll Aww. have the money. And they took the money off me straight away. I signed my pocket book. Didn't want the donkey? Didn't want the donkey. Uh, so what happened to the donkey? The donkey got took the RSP, RSPCA down here. Right. So do you know what? How how fit do you have to be to do your role? So you've done it for years. Yeah. So do you have to, it's like the army, is it do you have to train at it or can you just say junk or uh I would say that um there's all shapes and sizes in the police. Mm. All shapes and sizes. Quite rightly so. Because mm -hmm. you're representing Yeah, yeah. You're representing how fit do you have to be? Um, certainly in response, mm. you, you need to be fit. You need, because you, you're running after people, you, you're on the go, you're on 24-7 shifts, uh, etc. In CID, I would say that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's nowadays they, they do regular fitness testing. Mm -hmm. um, every year? Every year, Um you have to also do your personal safety training and get through that. Otherwise, you, there's financially it's a uh, it's an issue. Um, so I had to do my 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 training up till I was I retired when I was fifty six. Mm. So I still had to do my training even though I was mm. inspector and above. So I, I think I think the answer to your question is mm. 
you do have to be fit um, to do the role, mm. that you, whatever role you're doing. So you've got a book coming out, forthcoming yeah. book. Why now? Why did you think the time was right now? Did, were, you, were you always going to do one? No. So um, I was. My, my daughter died three years ago. She was mm. a servant police officer. And yeah. child protection, she died of. So her, her, her husband so is a police officer. Her so your family are police officers. Her husband, her husband is now a sergeant in uh, in the vulnerability unit in Middlesbrough. Right. Um, we've got lots of friends. I've got lots of friends in in the police. Still have. Um, so it was it, this. This book's for Laura. For, my, for Laura. So you've dedicated it to her. I've dedicated it for Laura. The proceeds mm-hmm. uh, are going to go to uh, it's nice. the breast cancer charity we've done lots of things um what can people expect to read in the book then well i think it's 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 a there's a lot of surprising things in the book for for some people because they don't know the ins and outs yes. of my past and and my 30 years in the police mm. if it was if i could have an a, a section two to this book yeah it would be about my passion for football mm. uh, my passion for music and also, I've I've done a lot of um, genealogy. Mm. Uh, Sorry, what's that? Genealogy, my, my the past, my, the past Morton, the, the family history. I've done the, the family history. My family go back uh, uh, to nearly the to the seventeen hundreds. I've traced them back to the seventeen mm. hundreds, um, and that 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 isn't in the book, mm. but it it could be. Right. What what do the right. police think about you telling these stories and like I've um, seen you on YouTube very, now and very re- enthusiastic. And, and... Are they really? Yeah. So you haven't had any yeah. backlash? No, not at all. No. no, not at all. If anybody wanted a backlash me, they're welcome. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I've had a great life. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's no like you know, secret signs. There's no secret I've signed the I've because still... you have been quite detailed on the Doctor Burkett murder. Yeah. Duff, the whole That's Duffy case public, has got a full all public, full chapter. All public. Um, there's you know, nothing in that book there's, there's, that, that would be any criticism from the Official Secrets Act or, or criticism. Mm. It's all stuff that's out there. You speak about... Or my own experiences. Yeah, the alleged corruption from an insider's point of view. Uh, see, I, don't, I personally don't think that there's anything in this book that's not either in, in the public domain yeah. or it's personal to me that nobody else would probably know. Mm-hmm. And I certainly haven't named names yeah. that 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 people uh, would think. Oh, I didn't realise mm. that, because that's not what it's about. Mm. It's about my experiences as a as a lad from from Tyneside, who you know lost his dad when I when I was five, and got himself into a situation where I managed to get to university, and, and it tells you about that. You know, it was a massive achievement. Somebody leaving school with four GCSEs and nowhere to go. Mm. You know, and I said to you, Jamie, yeah. and I, my biggest, my biggest challenge was like get get be a PE teacher because I wanted to be a professional footballer, and never, and then and then give all that up after five years, and get and 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 then get married. You know, and I've got my fortieth. Um, wedding anniversary on Sunday. Oh wow! And she she should be sitting here. Yeah, she should be sitting here. My wife has it ever affected her. You, you, you yeah, saw, you, the boss, right? So yeah, boss, yeah. Janet, is yeah. it has, has it ever your job spilled into your life where she's yeah. been like, oh God, really? Oh, definitely. How's you need that? to get out of this. Well, uh, a lot of things that that she's put up with. Mm. You know, I mean that that the call I told you about Lee Duffy. Yeah. You know, she was she was next to me when when yeah. When I that mean, call came. <clears throat> to, just to just to run by. So Ray had kind of been chasing Duffy for months and trying to lock him up and arrest him. Uh, unfortunately, Lee was killed three fifty five. So you got a call oh, about half four. Uh, half four and saying Ray, you needed down the old middle of Dunham Street station. You need to get out. Uh, you need to get out of here now. Lead off, he's dead. So you can picture it, can you? It's almost like a film. Mm. He's sat up. She was like, and, and, he's on the and, end of his bed, and he's going, "My God, Lee Duffy. And even ja- Janet's never met him, but she, she knows who this name oh, is because yeah, she'd been yeah, trying yeah. to jail him for a year. Well, I'd been, I'd been out to Birmingham for for like four or five days yeah. to get him to bring him mm. back. So she knew that I, that I was, you know, we were after him. Um, she knows loads of things that she would never, never discuss. Yeah. 
Um, but my life, she supported me through 40 years, mm. you know, and and like 30 of those are in the police. Mm. And uh, to be to be a, a, a policeman's wife is a you know there's not many policemen have 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 are together for forty years. Mm-hmm. There's not many. A lot of my friends have got second and third marriages, yeah. and I just put my hands up. And I'll say this on Sunday to her in front of our. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know about the yeah. the. Uh, Anyway, this won't be released before Sunday. No, 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 no definitely no. not. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't know about the parties. Yeah, yeah. There's sixty of us and a lot of lot of police friends and mm. and and that uh, on Sunday. But she she needs a, and people have said she needs a a, a medal the size of a dustbin lid. I bet she could write a book herself. She could, yeah. oh, without a doubt, without <laughs> a doubt. Because you know, I mean, even writing the, you know, we we were talking um, last week about you know the impact of of losing your daughter. Mm. You know, Joe Biden was on today on the telly on making a speech about this shooting mm. and he lost his son. And part of his speech you'll see on the on the on the news tonight is about losing your child, you know, and the, and there's nothing that can get anywhere near it. No. And that that you know, Janet and I, are, uh, you know, are together on that and, and that's that's part of the deal. And you don't realize how much family yeah. has got us through those 40 years because our kids, you know, Laura joined the job. Uh, my youngest daughter has been in the police. She's just had a baby. She was in the police. She was an armed, an armed firearms officer. She was a firearms officer, our Michaela. So one of the few firearms officers. She's now a civilian uh, security at uh, the power station in Middle in uh, Hartlepool. When we're getting her on, Jamie. Yeah, she sounds <laughs> now. She's good. She's good. Yeah. She's good. Um, and then Darren, Darren's followed followed me into um, into teaching as well. He he's a he's an assistant head at uh, school in in uh, Tyneside. Wow. Yeah. So over thirty years, then that's a lot of work you've put in. Yeah. Approximately what percentage of that work can you never ever talk about? I would say about twenty. Uh, 20%. And why is that? What, what's, well, what's the laws concerning well, that? Um, disclosure of information, official secrets. What I, what I can't, which I, I don't think I've talked about before, what I can talk about is um, my time at the National Criminal Intelligence Service. Um, that was the forerunner of what what is now the National Crime Agency, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, worldwide criminality. And one of the things that I, I really enjoyed and and. Janet would say she didn't enjoy this. Um, is I was seconded to London for six months in the uh, phone tap unit. So that's tapping phones of, of high level criminals. Mm. I bet that was and fun. I was a DI in there in London. Oh, but I can't talk about the, the cases. But what I what I can say is that we trapped some absolutely high level uh, drug dealers. In the northeast and in in nationally, through the phone tap. Now nowadays the laws change in terms of of inter- interception, and you can you can divulge it. Then you couldn't divulge it, so they never knew. They did never they, knew. Did they speak freely or did they speak in speak, code? Uh, mixture, yeah, mixture. But I mean, this you know, some of them are codes are obvious. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just incriminate themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, without naming him, there was a Stockton criminal who we'd been trying to get when I was in CID at Stockton. And this was this would have been uh, 1990, 1992 to 1995, so in that period. And uh, we caught him. Well, they were looking for, for suitable um, people to catch, if you like, because the northeast office was in Wakefield. And I thought, he's definitely one we're going to try and get. And we got him within about three months with a load of stuff. And he never knew to this day how we got him, but it was through. What what happens so? So you're like listening to what a criminal, yeah. But then five other criminals are constantly well, calling him. It, it's yeah. then it's spread to them. Does it spread to them then? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, because you have analysts, you see, who actually track the mobiles and they put like you in one mobile, you know, and and it's really interesting stuff. This was bear in mind. This was 1995. Mm. So it, you can imagine how much has come on nowadays, and and a lot of the, a lot of the murders nowadays are all about phones. All Is it difficult phones. to track a burner phone now? 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is hard, but you know, it, it's possible. But the but the the whole thing, you know, is twenty years, twenty five years on. It'll have changed dramatically. The 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 tech nowadays will be absolutely fantastic. Ours was a bit steam driven, if you like. Um, you know, and it had to be in London. It had to be listened to in London. So although we had we had you know we were doing we were doing Scotland as well. Um, the actual centre was in London. Mm. Would you say the modern phone then has become the greatest resource for the police? Oh, without, solve crime? without a doubt. Without yes. a doubt. Absolutely. Trackers, CCTV. You know that's that's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't it? You know how many. How many CCTVs was there in 1995? Mm. How much did the police look at the internet, like Facebook? Absolutely, all the time. All the time? All the time. So they're aware of everything, really? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, I refer to it as steam-driven. We were definitely steam-driven in those days, when you look at at how we did following people. We used to do follows on people. Mm. It was a lot easier It was like, like, you know, uh, you would do actual follows in cars on people. Is all, is most of it performed at that hexagon building near Cheltenham? Well, GCH, GCH <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah. But it's it's you know the 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 interception of communications act hasn't changed. It's still illegal to tap a phone. You've got to have authority to do it at the high from the highest levels, chief constable and above. The Home Secretary in those days, and I guess now, had to do the the actual authorization so you went you're going you can't get any higher home secretary authorizing you to tap a b and c phone so it it was a it was an area that i didn't i had no idea of you know going into international criminal intelligence service bugging people's bugging people's houses bugging people's phones you know interception of the mail you wouldn't you wouldn't bother you don't get any mail nowadays do you, mm. you know I can't remember whether I asked you last time about the prevalence of the Freemasons in the police. You did. Yeah, oh, I you did, did. I did. You did. And I said, and I said, I thought, <laughs> I thought it's, it's dwindled. It's dwindled. It's dwindled yeah, it's is the word. I, I mean, think in the in the maybe in the seventies and eighties it was yeah. much. Is higher. it because they've gone higher up in other professions? Uh, I've done not. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a lot to do with the Jack the Ripper case because people like there was Masons done that, and that was eighteen eighty eight and one hundred thirty four years on. People yeah. think, oh, well, if you're in the police, you must, you've got to be a mason. Yeah. Well, a friend of mine, and you won't mind me saying this, a friend of mine's a, a very uh, active mason, mm. but he was a PC. Mm-hmm. So it, clearly, if I said to him, did did the Freemasonry help you? He'd say no. Mm. But I, he, I'm sure he had loads of examples of people where it did help. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he did. We'd love to get him on. But he wouldn't tell me. We'd love to get him on. um, Do you know what? He'd be good. Regarding regarding our forthcoming book, Sean, I know you're not really, you haven't got, you've got the attention span of a goldfish, but (laughs) but you you will read this, won't you? Because there's certain ones of mine you haven't bothered with, but you've been like, do you know what? Why should people buy your book? Well, I I think it's, um, because it's part of your question earlier. I think it's a, it's a, it's a lively story. Um, I've packed a lot in. Sad, so, sad up bits, very sad. It, it is. It goes up and down, really, because what I've tried to do is to to to. I mean, there are funny bits in it. You know, I've just told you about the donkey. There are funny bits in it, but it's it's real life. The, you sto- know, the and, story where the guy was posting drugs out by Royal Mail. Oh is, yeah, it's yeah. brilliant to, to Australia. <laughs> to Australia, it's, it's like I got I got and I got all over the world through Middlesbrough criminals. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's that's the other thing. It's it's. It's international in its in its aspects, and you know to go back to what you said earlier, a lad from Jarrah yeah. who was dragged up, yeah, you know, um, and to get to get from being a PE teacher to being a, a you know a decent rank in the police, and then go back to teaching, um, you know, and in the last sort of ten twelve years, what isn't in the book is that I've totally enjoyed not being a police officer and being a teacher and and teaching in schools like Northfield and Billingham and teaching history and geography, you know, off the top of my head because I no train in history and geography, but I've just taught it. And recently teaching uh, kids who were trying to get them back to school. So I feel as though the book encapsulates the two-thirds 
of my life. You know, the other third is not documented yet. Mm. Um, we could do another one. But yeah, we... but a lot of people know me as well. I'm yeah. well known, um, not only from from the police side, but also, as I said earlier, a lot of people know me from the football and and uh, and from, you know, just being me. Can I ask you a question? So is it true, right? You've ret- retired. Last question. Yeah. So is it true a saying, once a copper, always a copper? No. No, definitely not. No. no. You couldn't, if you saw me teaching in Northfield School five years ago, teaching history and geography, you'd never think I was a policeman. <laughs> I think you were a geography teacher. So, I, I think... Was, I, 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 yeah, I am now. Yeah. I've yeah. become a geography teacher. <laughs> never trained, I, I trained PE, PE teacher, but I teach geography and history, and, and if the headmaster at a big school in, in, uh, in Billingham, Mr., uh, Mr. Henderson... He just said, uh, you just talk about anything you can't you? terrible at maths. <laughs> so all the links for Jamie's stuff and if you want to you know, follow what's going on with Ray's book are in the description box below this video. All links to Jen's books. Huge thank you to everybody who left comments. Jen's on... books? Jen's books. One last thing. If anyone wants to reach out to Ray Martin, how can they? Um, Instagram? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I yeah, got you yeah. on Twitter. You've so got. I'm on Twitter. You're on the yeah. gram. Twitter, Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to get Jen to write her own book. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to. But <laughs> thankfully, the lockdown helped. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's well, going to be out you, this autumn. Can I just say? So this autumn, awesome, so we're soon. Lo- we're looking at yeah. what we are now made. Oh, it's been the pot so we're looking at August, no later than September. Fantastic. Great, we can time this for around then then. So, thanks for watching. Let us know in the comments what you thought. Cheers, take care. Thanks again, Ray. Hi, welcome. You're welcome. Cheers. Cheers, Matt. Brilliant. So, Gadfly Press is hugely proud to announce the publication of Killing Escobar and Soldier Stories by Peter McAleese. If you've not seen our podcast we've done with Peter, check it out. And the book is now available worldwide on Amazon in all formats. And Peter was hired out of Scotland, mercenary by the Cali cartel, to assassinate Pablo Escobar, one of the most famous gangsters in the history of the world. The mission is all detailed in the book, as well as Peter's many soldier stories from various countries and continents of the world. So, mind-blowing, gripping, as seen on BBC TV. This is the book, the story that Killing Escobar is based on, Peter McAleese's testimony. The link will be in the description box below the video, available worldwide on Amazon. Cheers.